Hey, this is Brendan. And this is Vargas. And we're from Debates on Tap, here to tell you to come join us and some of our podcast friends on Sunday, March 6th. We're hosting a Mario Golf charity tournament to help raise money and awareness for Hope House, a domestic violence shelter here in Kansas City. We'll be at Cinderblock Brewery at 1 p.m. on March 6th, battling our friends from First Issue Club, Who the Hell is This For, and Nightmare Junkhead, and 18 Holes of Pure Chaos. Every donation you make to Hope House can also turn the tide in the favor of your favorite podcast. Not to mention, every donation gets you entered to win some amazing prizes, including free beer for a year from our friends at Boulevard. Mm, we should have led with that. Yeah, the free beer for a year. Yeah, most likely. So come on out to Center Block on March 6th at 1 p.m. and have fun with us for a great cause. Free beer for a year! What's that? Polka? No. The Metal. Metal! This is the onslaught. Chris Barnes looks like the kind of guy that didn't wash his hands before the pandemic and is now complaining that it's, you know, cover it's martial law that you have to wash your hands. So he's, he's been shaking people's piss for years. I think Chris Barnes is that meme where the guy's riding a bike and he has a stick and he shoves the stick (laughs) in the front tire and then trips over. And then the last panel of the comic would be, I hate what this genre has (laughs) become. Chris Barnes is a piece of shit. Yeah. I'll just I'll leave it there. I'll leave it there. Uh, you may be wondering why we're talking about Chris Barnes. Well, it's because, uh, honestly, I'm sick of talking about him. But I say that every time, and then we rail on somebody again. Yeah. You know, but uh, we're talking about him because we have to cover. We are the only people allowed and available to cover any sort of heavy metal news. <laughs> because this is the galaxy's only heavy metal podcast, The Onslaught. I'm Brian. And I'm Vargas. And we do it well, don't we? We do it the best. I mean, we do it the best and the worst, technically. Well, because we're the only ones. Because we're the only ones. Well, you know what? We are the bar. When you are the bar, nobody can go above you. Nobody you cannot raise the bar on the bar. Because that... <laughs> Is my nose bleeding? The bar is the bar. You would have to get another bar in order to raise or lower the bar on the bar. Yeah, and we're not going to allow that. We Correct. will burn your podcast to the ground if you try to come at the bar. Yeah. If you're, if you're going to come at the bar, don't miss. Let's deal as the old saying that's, goes. That's what I'm, yep, that's it. He just can't shut up, Chris Barnes. Uh, he doubled down on his uh, tirade, saying that people reporting on him being an asshole proved his point yeah because the headlines and everything uh and he wants he wants i'm not sure who but he wants people to eat a dick yeah he wants people to go to hell and eat a dick on the way down which is interesting because i always thought he was atheist so he wouldn't believe in hell (laughs) there's a figure of speech i guess yeah He's become, he has become an, an echo chamber. He's not talking in an echo chamber anymore. He is an echo chamber because yeah. the fact that he blocks people who don't agree with him, then bitches about the people who he's blocking, but then right. retweets people who agree with him is like the definition of like a narcissistic yeah. echo chamber. That's yeah, what he is. Yeah, yeah. He's no longer Chris Barnes. You can now call him in EC. You can call him Chris, 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 Chris. <laughs> Barnes, 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 Barnes. <laughs> That's that good. good. That's good, right? That was good. I was trying to segue into an NFT conversation. Oh, no fucking thanks. No fucking thank you is exactly what it stands for. That's the dumbest shit on the planet. Uh, they the Avenged Sevenfolds vocalist 
has quote unquote laid out a plan to buy late late great Vinnie oh. Paul's house with NFTs. Yeah. And again, no fucking thank you. <laughs> yeah. get, get fucked with that. For so many reasons. He also wants to open a Pantera museum in the house. Yeah, because he's an asshole. But he wants to <laughs> use NFTs to buy the house. Which is just... Have you seen the NF... This is unrelated to metal a little bit, but it's related to NFTs, and it was a nice little conversation with you that I would like to have. Have you seen this... <laughs> I don't know if it was a company or a man, but he's a, you know, graphic artist, whatever. Yeah. And he said he created a physical NFT, but it had like movable, it was like holographic kind of. So he took this NFT Uh and replicated it in the physical world. Yeah. And he got fucking railed on Twitter because everybody's just like, you just, that's art. Right. That's All that is a, is that's just, just a picture. Yeah. And people were like, I saw one that was very funny. It was like, oh, I had a, a bookmark like that that I got from the Scholastic Book Fair in grade school. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, all you did is create phys- uh, like, man. I don't know, man. It, the people, the ideas in people's heads is very, it, they're very strange. My favorite part about NFTs, if there is one, is the fact that the way to troll NFT people is to right click save as <laughs> yeah it's to do the easiest <laughs> thing on the internet and i love like to double down on that twitter has introduced you can use nfts as your profile picture have you have you seen this have no. you heard about this no i'm really going <laughs> going full npr full, full uh jay leno yeah uh so that you can use an nft and you link like to the nft and it shows up as your Twitter profile picture, but it shows up as like an octagonal thing instead of a circle. Right. Well, people are just right click save as <laughs> the octagonal thing. That's <laughs> <laughs> their profile. <laughs> That's the best. I know, right? It's and then, just, and they, theirs doesn't turn. No, it's, it's just it's a circle. Still with, a circle, but it's the same thing. <laughs> Well, you gotta you gotta have a way to separate the eight sided assholes from just the regular from assholes. the regular circle assholes. Yeah, no, that's really funny. I know, right? But this is not a you know, this is not a podcast about NFTs. You don't come here to learn about NFTs. Yeah, you come here to to try to not learn about NFTs. Yeah, no, or anything. No, f- fucking thing. God <laughs> damn it! I can't. I just you know I I hit gold once. I saw the gears working in your yeah. head as you stretched out that no. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I need a I'll I'll write up a list of what NFT could stand for. Yeah, yeah. And I'll come and then use all those to roast Chris Barnes. I went away. <laughs> Did you see Jamie Joss is going to is going to have Ted Nugent on his podcast? I saw from you. Which I don't know how that's going to go. That's going to be a very yikes. I've never I've never looked into Jamie Joss's moral or political leanings. I'm I mean mostly because I don't give a shit, but he seems like the kind of guy to me and this is coming from a place of pure ignorance. Great. <laughs> Where all good judgments are made. Yeah. He seems like the kind of guy who like, you know, you've seen those like political like interviewers. They're like, we're just having, we're just having a conversation. I right? mean, it's Joe Rogan. That's Joe. Rogan. Well, it's Joe Rogan, but like, they'll like, oh, we've got Richard Spencer on the line. And then they're like, mm, interesting <laughs> thought. Richard Spencer, no <laughs> Nazi. Like, that's what Jamie Josta comes off to me. So he's yeah. gonna have he's gonna have Ted Nugent on his podcast, and Ted Nugent's gonna be like, Obama did nine eleven or whatever, and Jamie Josta's gonna be like, huh, interesting point of view, instead of like telling him instead that he's presenting a facts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I did see Ted just he said something about um, 
how the white it, I can't remember what he called it. It was some slur, some not not a slur, but an insult to the you know quote unquote democratic. Which oh uh, yeah, yeah, we don't need to get in the conversation about how Biden's not actually democratic. But let, well, this, that's not where we're <laughs> yeah. going here, right? Uh, but how you know the left White House canceled his 2020 tour uh-huh. and everything. Uh, and I, just, I always just want to be like, you're people who say that forget that the pandemic started when Trump was in office and that White House staff pushed nearly everything through. Yeah. And this White House staff is just doubling down on the things that got pushed through. Yeah. That way. So it's very fun to hear those people because it really seems like they don't actually know what they're talking about. Which I, I think, guess if you talk to them for five minutes or more, you already know that. Yeah. Um, I think what canceled Ted Nugent's tour is the fact that he has not released a song that I've heard of that is younger than I am. I think the fact that I think what canceled Ted Nugent's tour was the fact that nobody was buying tickets for Ted Nugent's tour. That's what I mean. Cause they well, were dying from COVID. Yeah. Well, cause it's that all, too or old age. Well, all the, it just so happens that all the Ted Nugent fans are in the, uh, catastrophic category for if you catch COVID. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're, they're, they're yeah. all in the at risk category. Yeah. Whether because it's because they're, they're fat and old, because they're fat and old, and also ugly, <laughs> and probably a lot of other got them, got them. Oh man, <laughs> fuck them fans, and also small genitals. Yeah, either way, either way, <laughs> either way, whatever biological sex you identify as, you got small you got genitals. Small genitals. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's get into some actual heavy metal news because a okay. lot of I joked, but I wasn't lying. That good Good Friday happened this past Friday, <laughs> yeah. not in march dude there's some some serious bangers dropped and i wouldn't be vargas if i didn't say that the red hot chili peppers dropped a new single yesterday as of this recording and it's it's good i'm irritated that this is the first i'm hearing of it and that you didn't scream it at me earlier well i didn't (laughs) i didn't want your ears to get blasted before we recorded even even (laughs) just we work together yeah i know i didn't find it until after work (laughs) okay uh, no, it's good. They they announced a new album uh, coming out in April, I think. Good. Uh, so I'm excited about that. But on to the heavy metal releases. Mm-hmm. There are some serious fucking bangers here. Absolutely. Uh, Watane dropped a new single with a tease of an album called The Howling. Sounds like Watane. Yep. Sounds like Watane. It's black and death metal uh, or death and black metal. You're going to upset a lot of people if you keep combining genres. So just don't do it. Okay, fine. <laughs> It's good. There it is. Uh, Arch Enemy released Handshake with Hell, a new single. Um, this one got me a little bit excited because uh, Alyssa is using clean vocals. Yeah, we're going to revisit this right after you're done announcing the rest. Okay. I want to have a little conversation. We wasted a lot of time talking about NFTs and Ted Nugent. Yeah, no, I have no a, fucking thanks. Uh, <laughs> I got it again. To Ted Nugent. <laughs> right. I want to have a, a metal conversation with you. Okay. Uh, Venom Prison released a new single. Um, this is going to be their upcoming album is their fourth album. Yeah. This is the first time I've heard of them. Really? Uh, well, it's the first time I like sat down and I was like, okay, this is this Venom is Prison gotcha. and like whatever. Um, and it's good. Uh, Comfort of Complicity is the new single. Very, very good. Um, Aboth released a new song. <laughs> I prefer a shower. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yep. We're both reusing old jokes, huh? Uh, well, if the people didn't hear it, it doesn't count. <laughs> right, right. Uh, so Aboth uh, released Dread Reaver. Sounds like Aboth. Sounds like Immortal. Um, and I think probably the biggest one, the one that hit the hardest. New creator, baby. New creator. Hate Uber Alice. And it 
fucking rips. Yeah, it does. That album is going to be. I mean, have they released the bad album? I think one. It was like in '97. Yeah, but uh, no, they don't release bad shit. stuff. It's and good this is this follows in that. Let's go back to Arch Enemy for a second. Now okay. you already showed your hand a little bit. You said you were very excited that Alyssa was using clean vocals. Yeah, right. Yeah. So you enjoyed that. Yeah. Well, I I like that she's at least being given the opportunity to grow. To, to flex her muscles. Yeah, because ever since she's been with Arch Enemy, so she came from a band called The Agonist. I'm a big fan of them, um, and she used both the harsh and clean vocals in that band. Then she joined Arch Enemy, and Arch Enemy, I'm assuming, was Historically to, has always been all death, right. death vocals. And for the last two, two, three albums that I think she's been on them with them for three albums, um, but she didn't use any clean vocals. And this is the first time that I know of that she's used clean vocals and harsh vocals in the same track as a metal fan how do you how do you think fans of arch enemy because i would say their average fans not like you yeah moister now (laughs) how do you think they're going to react to clean vocals in arch enemy i i mean i think they should be excited about it because arch enemy has sounded like arch enemy since shaley d'angelo or whatever that dude's name was left right like you you want a band i mean it would be like if amana marth had a major change up in their sound right like oh we've had the same shit for 30 years okay it's fine but like you don't have anything super exciting (laughs) with a new arch enemy single Right, right right i just uh it's interesting because i liked it yeah, I'll just get that out of the way. I liked it. I thought it was good. I thought it fit. Uh-huh. I think a lot of metal fans' problems, um, and this is kind of defined by the early 2010s, maybe is where it happened. I know, I know, emo was before that, but like that whole um, hot topic, bullet for my Valentine stuff. So it was even yeah. a little before that, right? Mm-hmm. Where it was very formulaic. Uh, their song structure was laid out where there would be an intro, there would be gruff vocals, and then the sad boy clean vocals would be the entire chorus, right? Yeah. And then it would go back go back to that. And so I think a lot of metalheads in particular latched onto that as being bad, which most of it was. Most of it was well, yeah. not good. Yeah, right? yeah. But when you use clean vocals well and the vocals sound good and don't... Nobody's bitching at Bruce Dickinson... For using clean vocals for eighty years, <laughs> yeah, you know, so it, it's not the fact that metal has clean vocals; it's the fact that some metal bands don't know how to do it. Well, and and Bullet for My Valentine and all those other bullshit bands didn't have like Michael Amott playing guitar over them too. Like, yeah, I mean that does help, <laughs> but they still had melody in a lot of that. Like, if yeah. you took the vocals out, there's of course. still plenty of melody in there. But Michael Amott's a significantly better songwriter than S- Sad Boy Mick girlfriend left me who from bullet for my Valentine. i'm surprised you knew his name off the top of your head that's really good well it's <laughs> but uh, i but also sad boy and girlfriend left me yeah his vocals are weaker and worse like flatter oh yeah than, than um Alyssa. then i'm so happy i'm in the band with michael amott girl <laughs> yeah that's her yeah. blue blue hair mick <laughs> a lot yeah Alyssa's are uh, are way better most i mean I'm, you know, Spirit Box is another good one. Uh-huh. Um, I can't think of her name off the top of my head either. I think it's like Chris. It's not Chris. It's Melissa. Courtney, it's Courtney LaPlante. Melissa Spirit Box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Melissa Spirit Box. No, Courtney LaPlante or Courtney LaPlante. Yeah. Uh, she has very good 
clean and harsh vocals. Yeah. Girl from Ginger sings beautifully uh-huh. and has one of the uh, most recognizable female uh, harsh vocals in the in the game right now. So it's, or even Venom Prison. Venom Prison. It's she not does a, both. Yeah, it's not about. Uh, and I mean, there's plenty of, of uh, male vocalists who do it as well. Yeah. It's not about be. It's not about being able to do it. It's about not forcing it into every fucking song. Because I bet on that Arch Enemy album. Now this is conjecture. Yeah. I bet that every song is not going to have clean vocals. Oh, probably not. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, it's but I, I, so I, the reason I'm excited about it is because, yeah, to your point, Alyssa is a talented enough vocalist that using both of those weapons in her arsenal makes the band makes sound better. the band sound better. Yeah, exactly. I feel you. Well, yeah. same page as always, per usual. <laughs> as always, per usual. Uh, should we get into these these here battles? Yeah. So this week we have. Uh, it's a weird one. It's we a got, good one. It's a good one. We got Blind Guardian going up against Clutch. Uh, I'll do the honors. I think you've been going first a lot lately. I have. So. I was going to say that. Well, I always ask, and then you always say, I'll go first. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Well, because I assume you don't want to go first. Uh, I never want to finish first. That's, uh, that's exactly right. what I meant. <laughs> so a, uh, a clutch is a mechanical device that engages <laughs> and disengages. <laughs> You forgot I told you I was going to do that, didn't you? No, I just wasn't ready for you to just go right into it. <laughs> oh, boy. Formed in Maryland in 1991 by four friends fresh out of high school, Clutch has developed an almost cult following from the beginning, of, from the beginning and their fans know to expect some form of evolution as Clutch manages to progress their sound with every single release while leaving no question as to what band is playing going on in your speakers in 1993 clutch released transnational speedway league anthems anecdotes and undeniable truths um i have some notes about that album name i'm just gonna say shorter uh i mean that's only just nine words seems pretty short that's, to me that's the problem i'm, I'm gonna say <laughs> cut six of them off <laughs> Uh, to me, this remains probably their heaviest album to date, and the song A Shogun Named Marcus paved the way for notoriety. That's the one that a lot of people clom onto. Um, it's kind of what their introduction to Clutch was, especially if they were of age in the 90s. And when did you say it was in 97? 93. 93. They formed in 91. They're 30 years old. The other thing, I think I talk about it a little later, it's been the same four dudes. They have had no lineup changes for 31 years. That's wild. That's super wild to me. I mean, we've talked about that before, Mastodon, yeah. Gojira, and stuff. But for doing it for thirty-one years and yeah. not changing, that's pretty. And fr- again, fresh out of high school, like a year or two out of high school. Yeah. So, uh, very impressive. They followed up that debut album with Clutch in nineteen ninety-five, which always smart marketing. Always name your album and a song. Yeah, yeah. You know, Bad Company. By Bad Company. <laughs> on Bad Company. <laughs> the album charted on Heat Seekers, but the label East West <clears throat> East West which produced their first album, dropped the band after this release. Idiots. Dude, just wait for all this record drama, or the label drama. Three years later, in 1998, Clutch released The Elephant Riders on Columbia Records. With a bigger label, became more exposure, and the album landed at number one on the Heat Seekers and even charted on the top 200 at 104. But a problem that would follow Clutch until 2008 would form with this record. Labels had zero idea on how to market them. After, yeah. do I mean, I mean, honestly, 
Yeah, I mean, you just didn't have the right guy because they were so unique. They were doing stuff. Yeah, do you do you try and get them on the radio and struggle, or do you try and pitch them to the heavy metal market and also struggle? Right. Yeah. Uh, and actually, you know, in one of in an interview, um, Fallon Neil Fallon, the lead singer of Clutch and late night talk show host, right? <laughs> no, no, his br- oh, that's his brother yeah. Jimmy. All right. Uh, <laughs> he mentions how metalheads as a whole and i don't i think he's got a point here metalheads as a whole are very close-minded they quote-unquote say what? they like extreme stuff yeah but the extreme stuff that they like is very narrow focused right yeah and i i would, I would tend to agree with that even it, i mean as a metalhead in college look at college brian if it wasn't thrash i wasn't listening to it yeah so pretty they, i mean he's got a point he a hundred percent we've talked about it on this show yeah he's and totally they uh uh, clutch opened for uh, a bunch of metal bands back at, uh, early in their career and it was probably like, got booed they didn't I, I don't think they got booed but even the members were like ah this isn't for us yeah <laughs> our music's not for you and you're not for us <laughs> yeah for sure uh let's see where i was i so uh, after almost cracking the top 100 that is wild to me columbia dropped clutch now of course columbia big record label they yeah. have the wiggle room to do that in 1999, the band self-released Jam Room, their most diverse release to date. As everybody knows, Clutch is very, you know, they go from funk, psychedelic, stoner rock. They're all over the place. Uh, but this was definitely their most diverse release to date. Though it failed to chart, it garnered enough attention for the band to be signed to Atlantic Re- Records, which I believe is maybe the biggest label we've talked about so far on this show. Yeah. Either Columbia or Atlantic, one of those. Right. Um under which they released Pure Rock Fury in 2001. The album charted at 135 on the top 200, but again, the label failed the band and had zero idea on how to market the unique music and dropped the band after a single album. So that's two top 200 hits, yeah. which immediately led to their drop. In 2004, the band signed with DRT, a now defunct New York-based independent record label, and released maybe the strongest trilogy of their career. In 2004, they released Blast Tyrant, 2005 robot hive exodus and then in 2007 from bale street to oblivion the albums all charted 147 94 and 52 respectively in 2008 the band decided to stop playing games and create their own label weathermaker music the band does not sign other bands to this label except their the four guys have a weird like psychedelic instrumental side project yeah that is also on a label and they've released like two albums or something. So if you're not in clutch, you're not on that record label. Correct. <laughs> uh, the, the band does not sign other bands and the label is ha- handled very hands on by the band so much as to, I believe uh, with the first few releases, at least uh, the band members were packaging and shipping their own merch, like <laughs> wherever wild. Went. Yeah. Um, so far, Weathermaker has released four, cl- four clutch, albums strange cousin oh boy sometimes talking is hard well when you got that hard soda in you yeah you know uh all real liquored up Uh, strange cousins (laughs) strange cousins from the west earth rocker psychic warfare and in 2018 book of bad decisions each of the four albums was able to top uh was able to chart on the top 200 with the most recent pair coming in at 15 and 16 so when they decided to do things their own way, they were <laughs> knocked it out much, much better. Yeah. Uh, a fun fact 
in I think it was 89 or 90, they went to a Corrosion of Conformity concert and were just straight up handing out their EP. They had like a, an EP before their first album. Yeah. They were just straight up handing it out. One guy, it was a, a Canadian zine creator, right? Uh-huh. But I think it was, oh my God. It, was, it wasn't Megaforce, but it was some like metal band or label advertised in the zine. And because of that weird connection, that label found out about them and then got them in touch with whatever, oh, that's cool. whatever label they they first started with. Yeah. So that was like, that's one of the cases of like street level marketing that actually worked yeah. in favor of the band. Um, but yeah, I, I just think I, I talk so much about the record. I tend to write around the most interesting thing I think about the career yeah. and their struggles with record labels signing to both Columbia and Atlantic and quote unquote failing. Right. Cracking the top 200 easily with both albums released getting dropped and then just being like all right you know what fuck all this we're gonna do our own thing and now they've been more successful than they ever have and they don't have to share any of the money well it just goes to show you that like the it's called the music business for a reason right right and you can have a top 100 album but if it doesn't move units as they say you're not gonna even you, though you're gonna get dropped i mean even though it's the fucking label's fault yeah they don't know who to market it to it's like just market it to everybody right who gives a shit yeah and oh. well and and yeah i mean just tell people like a new clutch album's out and have them tour with like the red hot chili peppers Al- have them tour with allison chains yeah have, you know any of that shit could yeah. have worked uh but uh they're idiots fools let us run a label i think we know what's up onslaught records we could do it if you got a band out there, we keep trying to get you to to send us your songs. We will play part of your songs if we like it. Yeah. Uh, Neil, if you're listening <laughs> yeah. and you want a second chance. We know that you're still on that indie label Weathermaker. So yeah. If you want a chance at a major record label, give us, give us a shout. Give us a shout. We are going to need a down payment of a lot, a lot, a lot of down payment. So you actually pay us to make. That's what I'm saying. Payment. Yeah. Yeah. But, that, but that's you, our that's our model. Yeah. Does the bands pay us? Yeah, it's the back it's called the backwards model. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> but if you know a band, the onslaught pod, hit us up. Twitter, Instagram, send us some of your stuff. We will happily promote it if we like it. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't liked any of it yet. Well uh, because we haven't music. gotten any. Well, also make more music. <laughs> well, I guess. that too. Make better music and then make more music. <laughs> or vice versa. Or vice versa. Is that it? That's Clutch. That's Clutch, baby. That's Clutch, baby. <clears throat> he, uh, I told Vargas about how awkward some of the interviews are with Neil because I feel like people <laughs> want to, he seems like a jovial guy. Yeah. And so people want to joke around with him and it is the most uncomfortable thing to watch on the planet. Bad interviews are bad. Yeah. Our interview is good though. Oh, our inter- interview with super fan Greg Burgess yeah. from Allegiant. Yeah. Well, we should have, we should start calling it Greg's interview with us. Yeah, he because we graced him. We we with, allowed him the pleasure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, make sure and check out our interview with Greg Burgess from Legion. It's where, fun. wherever you're listening to this. Um, it's like four episodes. Ago. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, so I've got Blind Guardian. Who? Blind Guardian. Sorry, I was Deaf Guardian. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, they are a power metal band from West Germany. 
yes, West Germany, because they were founded in 1984. Ah. So it was still split into West and East Germany. Yeah. Uh, They were then known in 1984 as Lucifer's Heritage. They would release two demos before finalizing their lineup and changing their name in 1987. I know they did it, I'm sure, for commercial reasons, but Lucifer's Heritage... That's a pretty good name. It's a good name and a good song. Have you heard the song? I don't Lucifer's think so. Heritage? It's from their second demo album. Oh. Um, also, <laughs> I have this as a fun fact later, but I'll just say it now. Uh, their first demo, uh, Symphonies of Doom, has their song Halloween. If you've never heard oh, it, yeah, yeah. you should check that out. And track two is called Brian. Hey! <laughs> That's that's right, baby. It's you. They made a song about you like four years before you were born. Yeah. They knew what was coming. They knew what was coming. It was your dad. They t- oh, God. <laughs> uh, the name change was brought about to distance the band from any potential satanic link and make sure shops knew not to put their demos in the black metal section, which was a problem that they had. Imagine uh, wanting, you know... <laughs> a bath or something like that. You grab it, take it home and it's blind guarding. Well, that's, that's what I'm picturing is Euronymous or <laughs> dead yeah. at, you know, in, at hell in Norway. And they're just like, Oh yes, we got this new band, Lucifer's heritage. And then you put it on and it's just like Halloween. Like teams in lights so we can listen to the song. <laughs> why did they, know. why are they French? I don't know, <laughs> but uh, give me a baguette, please. Uh, which I thought, I just thought that was fucking hilarious it's very funny um so they went from lucifer's heritage to blind guardian um and listening to early blind guardian is somewhat of a far cry from the stuff they put out now uh it wasn't until their third album tales from the twilight world that bg would really introduce like choirs orchestration and the power metal staples they're known for today but that didn't stop the first three albums from doing well in germany all of them charted at or around 50 on the top 100 german albums i mean uh it makes sense to me because they were basically thrash metal albums and thrash was very big in Germany for sure. So, uh, I just, I mean, 50 out of a hundred for the yeah, first three albums. Really good. Um, yeah, really good. The band's fourth album. So more far beyond is where the band really broke the mold though. Uh, classic tracks like journey through the dark time. What is time quest for Tantalorn, And of course, bard song. Everybody knows it. Everybody knows it. Uh, Blind Guardian cemented themselves as power metal maestros, and w- with the success of this album is where they were really able to tour across Europe and Asia. Um, this album directly led to uh, Tokyo Tales, their first live mm-hmm. album, which was released right after that. Um, it was recorded on the tour for uh, Twilight. Gotcha. Uh, something I learned while researching Blind Guardian is that for the first four albums, Hanzi played bass. Do you know that? No, I didn't know that. He, Learning that right now with the listener, maybe. He, he pulled double duty, uh, and he played bass as well as did lead vocals. Uh, another fun fact is uh, Hansi, the, the same day he met uh, Andre Olbeck, the founder and current, still current guitar player for Blind Guardian, uh, the same day he met him, he met his now wife, who he's still married to. We've got a couple of, a couple of weeks of romantic tales, don't we? Yeah. That's fun. But isn't that wild? Like, you meet your bandmate that you've been together with for 35 years and your wife on the same day it'd be like in college if i met you and some girl that i married uh oh, on the i same thought day. i thought you're gonna say some girl that i founded a band with <laughs> i should have god <laughs> damn i always miss i'll just edit it out and here yeah yeah 
It's like if I met if I met you. What was the second part? Of the Don't year? worry about it. Uh, <laughs> so for their next album, their next album. Uh, album five is the album for my money. uh, The one that every metal fan should own Uh, nightfall in middle earth was released in April of 98 and it's a concept album based on the Cimmerillion. One of those nerdy Lord of the Rings books does a really good job about trying to dumb that shit down because it is impossible to read. Oh yeah, (laughs) it's impossible to read easy to listen to. Yeah, really (laughs) real easy. Listen, Uh, it featured certified slappers like into the storm. (laughs) What? Nothing. I'm really, I'm really happy. We're trying to fit in with the kids. Nothing. Go, go on. What? This, sh- this shit slaps. <laughs> slaps hard. And I'm about to slap you. I know. Uh, features certified slappers like Into the Storm, Nightfall, and Mirror Mirror, as well as uh, narrative interludes to help tell the album's story. Because even they couldn't put it all into song. Correct. They had to tell <laughs> you what was happening at least part half of the time. Uh, that book sucks. <laughs> Uh, honestly, if you haven't sat down and listened to this album, uh, front to back, you definitely should. Um, it's a total journey the, the through the dark, through, through the dark. You got it. You got it. Maybe, uh, next time you're in the car for an hour, put it on. You, you will not regret it. Yeah. The second into the, into the storm kicks on. Who boy. Yeah. Um, but also you get the fun story. It's like a, it's like a podcast. It's like an audio book, but in <laughs> a heavy metal audio book. Yeah. I was trying to link it to us now turn us off and go listen to nightfall in middle earth yeah but just give me a second first let him finish (laughs) let him finish let the man finish he's worked really hard on this uh nightfall was the first guardian album to be released in the u.s which i thought was oh absolutely insane that we had to wait five albums i mean how many and that's what i wonder a lot how many golden metal bands are over in europe right now on their third album that we've never heard of i mean the internet's changed things a little bit yeah still yeah we didn't get terra incognita or the link right until after and the internet existed yeah yeah exactly um so nightfall was the first album released in the u.s and its success convinced century media to go back and do those re-releases they did in 2007 of their early catalog yep um which if if you have the option i don't know if you can buy like original non-remaster copies of their early stuff i'm sure if you looked in a store yeah but don't do that get the remaster copies because it includes their lucifer's heritage demos um it includes obviously remaster includes live tracks they're totally the ways to listen to those new albums um so since nightfall blind guardians had only more and more success their ninth album at the edge of time debuted on the billboard charts at 108 and I couldn't exactly figure out what song it was, but I'm assuming it's voice in the dark. Cause that was kind of like the big, uh, single from the album, but it says a song. I couldn't figure out which one a song from, uh, at the edge of time got number one on the heat seeker song charts. Wow. The top song, the top song. That's really impressive. Number one. Uh, so there's no question in blind guardian, absolute heavy metal legends. Uh, they should be staples on any genre playlist and they should be a bucket list for every metalhead. I've seen them live and they put on a hell of a show. What'd you think of their latest single deliver us from evil? I thought it was really good. Still blind guardian, baby. still blind guardian. And that's, what's crazy. You know, they've been around for 30 plus years and they're still, I mean, this sounds different than beyond the red door or right. 
Twilight Orchestra, obviously. Yeah. They, their last album, Twilight Orchestra, was a full orchestral album, and the only member of Blind Guardian that was on it was Hanzi doing singing. No oh, other wow. no other bands were in there. They recorded with the like the Prague Symphony Orchestra. But did they help did the instrumentalists in the band help um uh, compose the music? That I don't know. Um, okay. they, they did release it as blind guardians, twilight orchestra. It's not a blind guardian album. Um, they tried to differentiate it, but I, I don't know if the crediting is whatever yeah. different that way. Um, but again, 30 years on and you decide to do an orchestral album is pretty wild. It is. Um, I've got some blind guardian fun facts. Hit them. Uh, the guys from blind guardian are childhood friends with the guys from Halloween because of course, of course they yeah, are yeah, the, the two German power metal. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. And uh, Kai Hansen has done guest vocals or guitars on five blind guardian songs, all from the first three albums. Oh, okay. Okay. Right. Yeah. Pretty cool. That is very cool. Uh, especially considering that Kai Hansen is like Mr. Power metal. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mr. Halloween. Well, and Mr. Gamma Ray. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Yeah, Iron yeah. Savior. That's true. <laughs> um, so I thought that was cool. Uh, even though Blind Guardian is older than we are, they've only had nine full-time members over the years. And four of those former members were out before the name change. Wow. So really, Blind Guardian has been the same three dudes, Han- Hansi, Andre, and Marcus, for the entirety of the band's history, with one major swap of drummers in 2005. Impressive. Pretty Pretty cool. all, I mean, same thing with Clutch. Yeah, we're covering a lot of bands that are sticking together. They're sticking together really well. Um, Blind Guardian does make extensive use of session members uh, in the form of backing vocalists, keyboard players, and most notably bassists. They had a single session player bassist for all their albums for like 13 years. Why did they get someone else to tour? Do you know? I don't. I don't know if Homeboy just like didn't want to join the band. I've got nine kids. I cannot leave. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if uh, I mean with Hansi's history of playing bass for the band. I don't know if he like wrote the bass parts and then just kind of handed them off to. Yeah, but you, you still know. get somebody to tour. So yeah, but they got other people to tour yeah, yeah. and homeboy just played on the albums. Anyway, uh, Andre, they're one of their guitar players, has a species of mollusk named after him. Clavis Andre <laughs> Brecky. What did he f- discover? it? Nope. It was a Russian fan biologist oh, who, wow. who na- he discovered four species of mollusk and named w- each one after a different guitar player. <laughs> That's really and cool. Andre was one of them. <laughs> That's really cool. Um, Hansi has done vocals with every band. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I believe it. Uh, I remember whenever he did the master of puppets vocals. Not a lot of people know that they think it's James, but that's Hansi. it's actually Hansi. Yeah. Uh, I thought he was really good on, um, uh, the the B-52's track, Love Shack. Yeah. That was, I mean, he stretched himself there. Yeah. Yeah. Remember when it uh, when it wasn't Frank Sinatra? And it was Hanzi. Yeah, like 20 years before he was born. Yeah. It's crazy. Wild. Um, <laughs> not really every song, every <laughs> band, but he's done guest vocals or main vocals on songs from Gamma Ray, Doro, Gravedigger, Rage, Ed Guy, Angra, Van Canto, Heaven Shall Burn, Iced Earth and Avantasia, just to name a few. I think the funniest one for me is uh, Van Canto because that's just vocalists. Yeah. <laughs> so he guests on an album full of vocal. Yeah. And it's just funny. And 
of course you get Hanzi to do it, right? Yeah. 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 Um, the one that stuck out to me was heaven shall burn. They, they did a yeah. cover of Valhalla, the uh, Guardian song, okay. and he did guest vocals for them. And if you go and listen to it, he does a more extreme, harsh vocal style he tries to mimic. Yeah, that's kind of fun. It's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, it's not a good song because <laughs> it's from Heaven Shall Burn. Right. But it's an interesting, you know, you listen yeah. to the two side by side. Um, the other one that I kind of found out about, and this is like only tangentially Blind Guardian related, but Hansi was in it. Have you ever heard of Arion? A Y R E O N. Yeah, the character in Game of Thrones. Nope. Oh, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> not that. It's a band. Well, it's a project from Arian the- Stark. She's a little. No. She became an assassin. No, it's a band. My thing right here. My thing. Uh, <laughs> this is a project that produces heavy metal opera albums, oh. like rock operas, but in metal. Um, all set in the same universe and feature huge casts of characters, each voc- each voiced by a different metal vocalist. That's fun. So, for instance, Hanzi features on an album called The Source, which also features Simone Simmons from Epica, Floor Jansen from Nightwish, Tommy Kravick from Camelot, Tommy Rogers from Between the Buried and Me, the dude from Pagan's Mind, the dude from Circus Maximus, James, Lebe from, James Labrie from Dream Theater, Tobias Samet from Avantasia, uh, the guy from Symphony X. <laughs> That's his name, guy. Well, it's oh, it's Russell Allen. <laughs> but I didn't know Russell Allen. But, so I don't know. I thought that was I thought that was insane. A lot of bands tied together with Blind Guardian. It feels like, well, yeah, in some form or another. Yeah. So that's it. That's Blind Guardian. Hey, that's Blind Guardian. That was Clutch. Every Tuesday, playlist comes out. Uh, we are. St- <laughs> There's no good joke to do about the fact that we're still on Spotify and Neil Young isn't. Uh, because if, if if it was up to me, our playlist would be in Joe Rogan's spot and he would not be on the platform. He would just be, I don't know, on a Fear Factor uh, island or something, <laughs> having to fight spiders and yeah. eat cockroaches. Come, come on our show and justify your existence, Joe. Yeah, bet you won't. Bet you won't. Nutsack. <laughs> So our, our playlist is up on Spotify every Tuesday. Uh, so we'll have tracks from Clutch and Blind Guardian on there. Uh, of course, this is out when you're listening to it, which is a Wednesday. Make sure to vote on our Instagram and our Twitter at The Onslaught Pod. You can email us at the Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, every Monday, we, have, we are joined by the other third of our comedy troupe, Brendan, and we do debates on tap and or and another thing. Fun fact. We just recorded episode 100, or we released episode 100 of And Another Thing on Monday. And we almost have 100 listens. So go <laughs> check us out. We'll get there eventually. If You might be 100. You might be number 100. Wouldn't that be special? So uh, check that out. It's every Monday. Uh, if you are in the Kansas City area, you heard it at the top of the show. But come join us Sunday, March 6th at 1 p.m. at Cinderblock for... A day of fun, a day of drinking, a day of Mario golfing. We are taking on three other podcasts for the right to name their social media handles. And a day of prizes. A lot of prizes. Uh, Free beer for a year being chief among those (laughs) from Boulevard. Yeah. Uh, And it's a lot of beer. The the way that they're doing it, I'm not going to explain it. I'll let them explain it whenever you, you win it. Uh, It's not a beer a day. It's not a beer. Better than that. It's better than that. Uh, 
So you can win that if you come out, uh, donate to the beneficiary Hope House. All the proceeds are going to Hope House. And if you donate, you get a raffle ticket. And if you get a raffle ticket, you might win free beer for a year. So who knows? And if you don't, it'll still be fun. And you're helping a good cause. And you're drinking beer. And you're drinking beer and you're hanging out with us. We got a little live show that's going to happen there. So that'll be fun. Um, MC Vargas. Mick Vargas, we're going to call you. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go by my live name, Scat Cat. MC Scat Cat. Uh, I'm not going to call you that. Oh. Here or there. <laughs> so you're just going to be Mick Vargas. Great. So I think that's it. And uh, remember, as ever, your favorite band sucks.